Welcome back to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Bandy, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. I hope and pray that your Lord's Day has been a blessing to you and yours. Um, this day has been very encouraging to me. Um, getting prepared for a real busy week. And so um, I don't plan to be really long tonight. I wanted to do this stream and picking up from our last conversation that we had last week. But before I get into that, let me remind you, if you like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribe.truth at gmail.com. Or you can call me at 801-980-6333, either by text or voicemail. And sometimes if you catch me when I'm not busy, I can even answer the phone and we can chop it up. All right. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so financially by partnering with me and joining me on Patreon for just a dollar a month. You can take part in the discord with us as far as I, we have a private channel where we discuss things with each other and uh, keep things up to date. We have some uh, patron only content. Matter of fact, speaking of that, um, woke brother is coming back. I got a, um, a video that I'm ready to release, but I'm going to premiere it for my patrons first for only a dollar a month you can see that is dropping tomorrow um tomorrow afternoon and probably within the week or the week after i make it public for everyone else um but that's just one of the perks but if you just um if you like support us that way you're welcome to do so i greatly appreciate it if not i appreciate your prayers now as you see the title um it would seem as though i've already made a decision as far as where i am on this subject last week when we had this discussion um it was fairly new to me it's probably been something i was sitting on for a couple of weeks i saw the reasoning in this topic um, but it was something that was still wrestling with this week i've had time to talk with a few brothers and um and even my elders in my church and and just try to get a hold of this to see what is true in this situation, right? Because that's what we desire to do here is to share truth. Okay. And, um, yeah, so this, this has been a loaded topic. I mean, this, I've seen people have mixed emotions about this. Um, the main thing that I've seen or heard from people is that it seems that if, if we don't forgive, we will hold bitterness. And I'm kind of jumping into that a little bit, but so the, if you're, if you're not familiar, if you're just listening to this, if this is the first time you're listening to this and you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm speaking about the last podcast I did um, last week titled, Do We Forgive Others When There Is No Repentance? This title here is Why We Shouldn't Forgive Others Without Repentance. So just a, a small change to the title, um, but given an affirmative here of where I stand or where I'm standing as I'm hearing it now. And, um, you know, and, I, and I'm open still to push back and all these things, because last week it was mostly just left, leaving it open, um, not really knowing where I stood on this completely. I know where I held to before, but trying to see where I'm at now with this. Uh, like I said, this is a fairly new to me as far as the um, concept. I never thought I would hear Christians disagreeing concerning when we should forgive others when we're wronged. Um, but the argument seemed to make sense. You know, as always, I like to weigh things out. Uh, that's how I gauge uh, what I'm dealing with. I look at the evidence that's given. Um, I want to see does it line up um, theologically, biblically, most importantly, and uh, trying to throw my emotions out of the way. Um, that's my biggest thing is I don't want my emotions to cloud my judgment um, if I hold to a particular doctrine or topic or not. Um, so that's that's me. All right. So I will encourage you as well for those who listen to this um, to not be driven by emotion. 
uh, when it comes to stuff like this, but let truth speak. Um, let God's words speak in that sense. All right. So last time we looked at scripture that was seen to show that we should wait till someone apologize to us when they've wronged us, when there's, there should be some kind of sorrow or repentance when we, when someone wrongs us and we seeking to reconcile that relationship. And what we see in out there in the media and uh, what I've believed for the longest is that when we forgive others is mainly, is mainly for ourselves. And so even if a person doesn't apologize to me when they wronged me, I still forgive them because I don't want to be bitter. And that's the main thing. Like, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to hold that in. Would I want them to for, um, ask for forgiveness? Would I want them to turn from what they did that was wrong? Yes. But I don't want to be bitter towards them. So I feel that I should forgive them. So therefore, I can move on. And that seemed to be my reasoning for the past few years. <laughs> and even for those that I've talked to on this subject who would argue that we should forgive is mainly that. We don't want to hold on to bitterness because the Bible is real clear that we should not be bitter towards people or be unforgiving towards people. All right. Because we should think about how uh, we shouldn't withhold forgiveness from people because God has forgiven us. If we're truly in Christ, then we've we've been forgiven of much and therefore we should forgive much. All right. And it's um. so I want to look at again. um Luke 17, three, I think that's where we was at last time. But we're going to read a little bit in the context. Uh, So verse one says, um, and he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Verse three, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive. So now the, the arguments that I've heard on this, uh, on, the, on the side that we shouldn't forgive uh, without this repentance, is that Jesus commanded saying that it must be once you rebuke them and they turn that you forgive. That's the command. When they turn, you're commanded to forgive then, but not before that. And so enough. And I heard an argument saying, well, in verse three, it says, it says, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, then forgive him. Not that it says, if your brother sins, forgive him. And I get the reasoning behind that argument. I don't necessarily know if I would use that argument in itself, because I think most people, even those that hold to um, even me prior to this conversation or having this topic, would believe that even if somebody sins, sins against me, the Bible tells us clear that we should go to them if we're offended. So I think in that going to someone, we are uh, seeking for correction at that point and rebuking um, or reproof or admonishment. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that um, people are trying to throw out the rebuking factor, Right. But we're we're talking about whether or not if somebody actually repents. And then um, I've heard people talk about, well, what if a person has sinned against you? Right. But then they pass away. I mean, they, they haven't come to you and repented. How do we move on if we haven't forgiven them? We're still hurt. We're still bitter. And I've, I've heard that or so much. So many years have passed by. The person may not be thinking about it no more, may not even realize what happened. What do you do then? 
you're still holding on to this resentment, you know? And so therefore it's like, so instead of holding on to the resentment, it would be better if we would just forgive them. So therefore we can move on. And so that's what I've been hearing on, on both sides of this coin. And as I'm wrestling through these arguments and, and seeing what it is that's actually true, I'm like, okay, I'm, I was still at a crossroads. I was still at a crossroads for this. And I'm going to tell you what my understanding was as far as when I, what, me holding to that, you just should forgive them anyway. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, man, like, how do we view our soteriology in a sense? Because the Bible says we should forgive as our Father in heaven has forgiven us. Even in the Lord's prayer, it says, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so it's like, hmm. It seems to me if, if we're looking for us to or look for God to be the example of how we forgive and they're thinking about, OK, well, how do we even come to this forgiveness? How do we even gain this salvation? Right. Because because forgiveness is forgiveness of our sins. You know, and I think about first um, John three, I mean, not first John three, I'm sorry, first uh, John chapter one. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head with, with verse, but it says if we confess our sins, that God, that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So then I think about, man, like we confess that first, right? But in that context, he's talking to believers. So that we're, we're already in Christ. We're already saved, right? But yet we're still talking about Christ forgiving us as believers as we confess our sins. And I think about Colossians 2, 14, which talks about how our trespasses and our, our our debt that was stacked against us is nailed to the cross, being taken out of the way, for our sins forgiven at the cross. And so I'm like, wow. I'm like, how do we reconcile this with our soteriology? As if you're reformed, like where where do we stand with this? I can understand somewhat as far as how our how I guess an Armenian may see it. But how do we reconcile that being reformed? And that was my main question. And the guy who I was listening to concerning this on the podcast originally, uh, which I encourage people to view his podcast or listen to his podcast. He's on YouTube as well as Spotify, some other um, outlets. And it's um, Stop and Think About It. The podcast is Stop and Think About It. That's the name of it. Please check it out. There's good brothers. I, I like their content. I really do. And this was just one that struck me. And I was just like, man, I got to bring this before my audience to see what you know people think about it, you know? Because it was it was new to me, and so I'm thinking about man, how do I reconcile that? Because I, when I think about salvation or my sin being forgiven, I'm like, man, my it was forgiven at the cross, right? That was my understanding, and I was like, well, I've, and I've heard um, other uh, pastors um, and um, and ministers and apologists, uh, like for instance, I heard Matt Slick in an old debate he did against Jesse Morrell, where he talks about how our legal debt was canceled at the cross, right? But that transaction of forgiveness happened when we repented, which would be when the Lord granted us repentance and changed our hearts when we were actually born again. That's when we received our forgiveness of sins, you know, and so that's how he would explain it. And I was like, OK, this is deep. Like, this is really deep. Like, you know, but, but I, it was intriguing to me. And I, and I, you know, I was like, man, I want to dig more. And so my final stop in all of this was speaking to my elders. And I'm sorry if it seems like I'm going in and out, guys. But see, you're you're in a, you're with me and walking along with me as I'm processing something that um is fairly fresh to me. So I hope you enjoy the ride with me. <laughs> 
and and, and this and let me go ahead and say this as a caveat as this is something I don't think that I will be as dogmatic about right now. Um, but as I've listened to other brothers, as I've um, talked to my elders and everything else, and they and, and they explain things to me a little bit clearer, I was like, okay, I get it. I understand why we shouldn't um, forgive without this repentance being present. So let me just um, give you briefly what um, I had shared with my elders. And, um, which I'm thankful. I want to say this. Y'all. I am so thankful that having this platform, I know it's, it's still fairly small, but I am thankful for the fact that my I'm held, that I'm held accountable by my elders at my church and, and um, other brothers and deacons and stuff at my church. Man, it's a blessing to me. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not out here as an island. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that. And so, um, yeah. And so as I talked to them, they was and just making it brief as I can. The idea is that we actually we actually take away from the gospel when we forgive people without them repenting. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, OK, that's you know, that's like one of the things where you kind of like going like where you could be kind of neutral. But it's like, no, nah, that's kind of like black, black and white there. If you're if 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 you hold to one position over the other and if it's taken away from the gospel, then that's that's really serious. So I'm like, okay, this is this is actually something that is serious, more serious than I than I imagined, right? Um, you know, and so it said this, we basically we we make less of the gospel when we just forgive people when they haven't actually had sorrow towards that sin or that offense, and we think about um, forgiveness is patterned um, or repentance or even those things are all this is patterned after God's example as far as when it comes to the gospel, and so. And I started thinking about it. I asked my elder. I was like, hey, I said, okay, I get that. But when it comes to salvation, the Bible says we're granted repentance. Like, we're incapable. Matter of fact, in our service today, we was we went over on um, 1 Corinthians. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians, I forget, I forget the verse, uh, the chapter. Uh, Lord, help me. But we was, <laughs> it, it talked about how we, were in, we are incapable of, of, of the natural man, yes, the natural man is incapable of understanding spiritual things or accepting spiritual things, you know? And so I was like, it's true. I mean, all this is true, right? So if this is the case, I mean, I, it's no way that I would turn and repent and keep the law in that sense without my heart being changed. And there's no way that my heart can be changed apart from being born again. But if I'm born again, then I've already received the inheritance. You know, I've received that inheritance of eternal life. And so I was like, well, that happened without my without me doing anything. I didn't have any part in that. God is sovereign. He was sovereign of my salvation. How then do we pattern that when it comes to each other? And I heard one brother say, Christ is perfect. He's perfect. He's he that could happen in that sense because God is perfect, right? We're not. So though this works in perfection with God, it can't with us because we're human, right? And I, and I get it, I understood it, but I was still wrestling with it. And I think about it made me think about um, discipline, like when I'm disciplining my children. I don't when my child does something wrong, right? I don't just come to him and say, "Oh, that's okay." It's okay. Come on, let's let's go get some ice cream. No, I, you know I I correct him. There's correction there, you know. And if he continues without seeing his need of turning from that, 
then it's, it gets worse. It gets serious. It gets, it gets more intense. You know, and so I, I see how it is important that we don't make light of repentance when it comes to forgiving others. I understand it. I get it. You know, and so this, this is my thought on that as I'm wrestling with it. When we tell people, and I hope y'all got, hope you guys bear with me with this. When we tell people, when they've done something wrong to us, that I forgive you, even though they feel no sorrow. What are we, what are we ultimately saying concerning the relationship with God? Because ultimately the concern is with that individual and the Lord, right? I know in John, in uh, not John, in Luke 17, 3, the context is between brothers, right? Other believers having issue. So even when it comes to unbelievers, what is the most important thing when someone wronged you and they're an unbeliever? That they grow in relationship with the Lord, that they know the Lord. And so the, the, the biggest thing they should be concerned with is not so much as repenting towards me, but repenting to the Lord. But if I tell them that, hey, you ain't got to repent, you ain't got to ask for forgiveness, I'm going to forgive you anyway. Then it kind of teaches and shows them that they don't have to ask for forgiveness from the Lord. They can just, hey, God understands. And I know we wouldn't say that. I mean, even prior to now, I wouldn't have never said that. I would have never, um, even brothers I know, never would have said, hey, even though you don't apologize to me, that you ain't got to apologize to the Lord, right? Or repent to the Lord. I would have never said that. But the implications behind us not requiring that people turn from their sin, when even when they have uh, come to us in an offense, when they don't turn and have sorrow, and, you know, the implication is that repentance is not as important. And it is. So how I reconcile this when it comes to sociology in my mind, and as I, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm still wrestling, guys, still wrestling with this. And so I appreciate your prayers and everything as you think, as I'm thinking through this. And if you, some of you guys who are settled on this already, um, you know, appreciate your inputs and your pushbacks and everything else. I do appreciate it. But as I'm, as I'm thinking about my our sociology with all of this, I'm thinking about, man, in this transaction, when we turn to the Lord, even though repentance is granted to us, right, it's granted to us. Well, we haven't we haven't received this forgiveness as far as the transaction until that repentance has taken place. If that wasn't the case, then there'll be no need for, for God to grant us repentance. I mean, Jesus would have died on the cross and then at the right time, the Lord would have just simply you know, had us born again. Or maybe we didn't have to be born again. You know, we can just go to be with him. He makes his choice and we go to be with him, you know, and according to his sovereignty. But he put that in place. I mean, because God is God, right? You know, that transaction had to take place and it took place when we believed, you know, which was when we turned from our sins, our trust is in Christ. You know, that transaction took place. We are forgiven, you know, and our relationship where we were hostile towards God and there was hostility between us and God. Now there's reconciliation because we're in him. We're born again. We've been made alive. So I can, I can see how uh, forgiveness has a transactional component to it than what I was thinking about before. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> and I know this a lot and I know I may sound kind of scatterbrained a little bit, guys, and I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done a podcast episode where I'm thinking through things as I'm talking to you guys like this. 
Um, but I feel like one thing that I like about this platform is that I can be transparent with you guys, share with you guys my heart and my thoughts towards things. And I'm, that's why I'm always open for people to call me or to email me, have conversation with me, Facebook me, whatever the case may be. Because this is, this is what I love about Christianity is that our value is truth. Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life, right? So we value truth. So my, my heart and everything is that I want to do what is true, what is right in the eyesight of the Lord. And if, if over the years, the past four or five years that I've been in Christ, if my understanding of forgiveness has been wrong, then praise God if he's now showing me the truth, right? And if I may had the right idea, but I'm kind of wondering now, then praise God that he allows us to work these things through. You know, and so where I'm at now, because I, the conviction is that, man, I don't want to make little the gospel. And you, and you think about this for the argument. And I thought about this, the argument that says, well, if we don't forgive, we'll hold, we'll hold on to bitterness. Well, the Bible tells us that the vengeance is the Lord and he will repay. And the repayment is either Christ is going to bear that person's sins or they're going to have to pay for their own sin when they, when they die and stand before the Lord. Right. Either way. The Lord will repay. Vengeance is still his. Right? And I think about all the people that I've wronged. You know, God, he, vengeance is his. And he did repay. Praise God that it's, it's the Lord who takes my sins and bears, bears them on himself. Praise God for that. You know, I don't, I don't, by God's grace, I won't have to pay for my own sin. The Lord took that on my behalf. You know, he took this, he took the punishment on my behalf. And so I, I can be thankful for that. But vengeance is his. And the Bible tells us that we should cast all our cares upon the Lord, for he cares for us. And so we have, if, if you have vengeance and, and some uh, hostility towards someone that has wronged you and they haven't come to you and asked for forgiveness or an apology or any of those things, like you can go to the Lord. You can still cast that before the foot of the Lord, the feet of the Lord, and give that to him and trust him that he will handle it. The vengeance is his and he will repay. That is a promise. That is a promise from our Lord. You know, and so I think that deals with that argument as far as, you know, I don't want to hold on to bitterness and stuff like that. Well, we should give that to the Lord. Give it to him. And, and see, either no matter where you stand on this, you would have said the same thing. If you believe that, hey, we should still forgive people. If we're honest, when we say we've forgiven someone, there's still this level of hurt in us. Right. It's still it's still this level of hurt and it's still level of resentment and bitterness that we're fighting against. Right. We're going to the Lord about it. That's still happening. Right. And now now I understand why that is, because there has not been true reconciliation between me and that individual, because that has not been repentance. Right. But even in that, I'm still called to love my neighbor as myself. I'm still called to be kind to someone, be gentle. Right. But it doesn't mean that I have to forgive. If they haven't come to me and asked for an apology or asked for forgiveness, that is actually, to me, I feel like it's a weight off my shoulder. You know, if we're, if we're talking about repentance and what, and how that looked between us and the Lord, like when we go and spread the gospel, we don't tell people, Hey, God knows you sinned, but he's forgiving you. No, we call people to repent. Even though we know, even though those of us who are reformed know that it's the Lord who grants it, our call to the human race is that, Hey, repent and turn from your sins put your trust in christ and you repent from your sins he said he will forgive your sins 
he will forgive you. You know, and so it's not without repentance, but it's with repentance. And so I want to be careful in case anybody hear something wrong, what I'm saying. Um, there's nothing in this that I hear that people are saying that you have to, um, you know, this is pattern to us keeping the law as to why we're forgiven. You know, so in our repenting, we keep the law and therefore that's how we're forgiven um, of the Lord. Um, that's not what I think people are saying by that or nor what I mean by that. Um, but it is something that takes place. You know, we can't ignore it when we when we forgive people without having them come to us and ask for forgiveness or repent. Then we're basically making little of repentance when it comes to the Lord, you know, making making less of it. And, um, and so like when people when somebody has committed like a heinous crime, like a when they've murdered a family member and you have the family member, the living family members go on TV and saying, well, we forgive them, um, even though the killer is not remorseful, not sorrowful, any of those things that they still forgive them, you know, and, and it seems noble. Like, I've, like I told my elders, I was like, it seemed like that's noble. I was like, you know, a person has done this wrong. Like, man, like what faith does it take for a person to still forgive? Like what love does a person have to have for an individual where they're still willing to forgive them, even though they've committed this crime, you know? And, you know, it's like, well, that's basically like, that's, that's not biblical. You know, it's not biblical to forgive them like that. Like thinking about what is actual forgiveness? Like, what is that? You know, because we forgive someone, we don't bring it back. To, we don't bring it back up again. It's the key thing, too, that my elder said. He said that when most people, when they go on TV like that and they say they've forgiven someone that's wronged them, the, the whole idea is that we do it for ourselves because we don't want to hold bitterness. And, my, and what he was saying was that's like that's making it me centered. That's making this idea of forgiveness and repentance me centered. And forgiveness is not me centered. It's Christ centered, you know. Is is gospel centered? That's what he was saying. I was like, you know what? That is me centered. I had to think about it, y'all. And I, you know, and I'm trying not to be. I'm I'm thinking about all this. I'm thinking about my relationships with my my family, you no know, spouse, parents, coworkers, anything. Like, okay, when I, I when somebody has done me wrong or I feel like there's an offense, I feel like it's best that I automatically forgive. You know, saying like, hey, it's best that I just, you know, that I will forgive. Hey, I'll come to you. I'll let you know, hey, this kind of bothered me. But if you decide that you don't apologize, don't feel like you need to or feel like you don't have to, then I'll just like, you know what? In order for me to stay cool, you know what? I forgive you. Don't worry about it. I forgive you. And I can see how that can make us seem self-righteous. I can see how that can make us seem self-righteous. Like, you know what? I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to take the high road. I got you. I can see how that can be. And I can see how it's me-centered because the reason why I'm forgiving you is not for your sanctification. It's not for your growth. It's for my peace. And I was like, ah. When I heard that from my elder, man, it's like, mm, that thing stuck, man. I was like, okay. Man, that makes sense. Because the reason why we go to someone and tell them their fault is for their benefit. It's right. It's like we. I don't want. I don't want my brother to continue in sin. So that's why I go to them in the first place. I say, "Hey, you've done this wrong against me. This offense, you know." And I want them to be sanctified. I want them to grow in Christ. When we say, when we claim that we've forgiven someone, even though there's no repentance and all that kind of stuff, are we forgiving properly? I know I haven't forgiven people properly. I know I haven't. Um, my last week's podcast, I was think I was talking about. There's a scripture where it talks about when we stand praying. Um, if we have anything against someone, um, forgive them. Right. And then it goes on to talk about how, uh, or it says, or it goes on to talk about how our father in heaven won't forgive us. 
And so in my argument then, or as I was reasoning through it, I was like, well, the Bible doesn't say at this point, hey, if you're, st- if you're standing praying, wait till they apologize to you, then forgive them. It says if you stand praying, when you stand praying, if you have anything against someone, it says forgive them. But I got to think about this. Even though in that particular scripture, it didn't give us a play-by-play of how that's supposed to go, I can't really say that it's telling us not to have this happen, you know, that we should be ready to forgive, right? And it's not telling us that this person may have come to you, you just hold in bitterness, right? Because the Bible talks about that. And even even that's the whole point of um, Luke 17, 3, I think, uh, when Jesus said those things in verse 3 and 4. He said, if they come to you, if you, you rebuke them, and if they, if they turn, then forgive them. And then the next verse says, if they continue, if they keep sinning against you, but then they keep saying, I repent. And then Jesus says, you must forgive. So that seems to me that Jesus is combating against the idea that we should be like, you know what? You know what? You've done this to me so many times. I'm not going to forgive you. Like, okay, yeah, you asking for forgiveness, but I'm not going to forgive you. And I think Jesus, that's what Jesus is addressing in 17, 3 and 4 at that point. He said, hey, your brother sins and you rebuke them. They turn, forgive them. And no matter how many times they do it in a day, if they turn and they come to you and say, I repent, you must forgive them. You cannot be bitter towards them. You do not hold with you do not withhold forgiveness. And I think in that context, in that scope of things, it's what Jesus means when he says, if you have anything against someone, forgive them. Like this is already something this is like this is something that's already taken place, but you need to forgive them. You're holding in bitterness, right? Um, Matthew 18, there's another scripture on um, brother from Stop and Think About It brought out. And he was like, you know, if we, if we say that uh, repentance is not needed to forgive, then it throws out church discipline. You know, and, and, and last week I, I couldn't really see that connection. I, I couldn't get it. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, I mean, that's church discipline. Like, you know, saying like the church. It's made up of believers. And so you want to preserve that purity of the church. That's what it's supposed to be anyway, even though our culture it doesn't practice it like they should. The church is made up of believers. And so if you have a local church and you have a person who's um, unrepentant of their sin, well, yes, you're, you're supposed to go to them, rebuke them. And if they don't turn, it goes to different steps and levels. And at the end, it's excommunication. You treat them like an unbeliever. So you don't even see them as being saved anymore at that point. So real quick, I'm going to throw this plug out there before I close out the show. If you are looking for gospel tracks to aid you in witnessing and your evangelism efforts, please visit www.5solusministries.com. That's the number five, solusministries.com for your gospel tracks. And they're a nice size. The back of them spells out the gospel perfectly. Please check them out. They're not expensive. A hundred in a pack. You can't go wrong with that. Um, and so right and right now, 15 percent of his proceeds go to help out calm.org, which is great, which is a great apologetics ministry, by the way. So please check that out at www.fivesolusministries.com. So to, to, to close out, to put a, to put a cap on this for now, I have to say that I do see the biblical implications as to why it is important that we withhold forgiveness until there has been repentance. We don't want to make light of the gospel in any way. We don't want to make light of the need of repentance, especially when it comes to our relationship between us and God. All right. That when there's no turning of sin, turning from sin, there's no relationship with the Lord. Right. And so we have to keep that in mind. And, and that's my conviction with all of this. All right. I can understand that we may have bitterness. There may be pain. And the world tells you that you should forgive for your own sake. So therefore, you don't have to feel pain, but that is me centered. 
The gospel is Christ-centered. The things that we do, everything we do should be to the glory of God. And even that means when we forgive someone, it should be to the glory of God. Repentance should be to the glory of God. All these things. And so keeping that in mind, it should not be me-centered. Your forgiving someone should not be about you. It should be for the sanctification or the or this person that you're forgiving to know the Lord, to come to know the true forgiveness that comes from God. Right. And not ourselves, because our forgiveness is imperfect. But God's forgiveness is indeed perfect. Having our sins taken out of the way and not brought against us anymore. So we're thankful for that. So I hope this has been encouraging to you. Once again, if you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me or calling me at 801-980-6333. And so join me next time, next Sunday, Lord willing, at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of the Prescribing Truth Podcast. And if you're um, able to watch me on YouTube, go live at 6 and um, we can answer chats and all that kind of good stuff. And I, I do look forward to connecting with you there. And so um, until then, remember, as always, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Prescribe truth, we're giving you what the doctor ordered. Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant. We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. <laughs>